I think I just shot out all my funny juice. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me get a towel. Clean up on aisle six. Mm. Clean up under my desk. How are you? Ugh! I am, uh... <laughs> oh, sorry. I got distracted for a second. <laughs> Who are you again? Oh, uh, I'm the guy. You know, this is what people tune in for. Oh, God. I hope not. All right. I feel like we've run through our greatest hits there at the beginning. We're uh, we're 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. into the show. That's like... Uh, All right. Now let's play the new stuff. Yeah. That's like opening with Free Bird. Hi. I'm Stephen Claypool. And I'm Nick Smith. And we have good ideas. So you don't have to. Consider this our proposal to you. This is Investors Needed. Opening with Freebird. Yeah. No, I, I would have just loved to have been at an Almond Brothers concert. That's in, Leonard Skinner, but... Ah, fuck it. I would have loved to be at an Almond <laughs> Brothers concert in, like, the mid-80s and have them come out and say, we're going to play our hit and launch into Freebird. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, there's so many things wrong with what you just said. I... I don't have enough fingers to count them on. So the the saddest concert I have ever seen. <laughs> Brace yourself. Oh no. Uh, I saw at oh what was it? It was a county fair. It wasn't even a state fair when I was uh, a much younger man. I saw, I saw. I was one of like twenty people in the crowd. <laughs> danger! Most, danger! Most mostly out of curiosity. <laughs> Seeing the Marshall Tucker band. Oh, no. And every one of them was drunk off their asses. Of course. What else are you going to do? Yeah. No, no, like the the band. The band was drunk off their asses. The statement still stands. Yep. So the first thing that happened was the the crusty lead singer, uh, whose name I I was about to say can't remember, but never learned. Um... (laughs) Staggered up to the mic, and the first thing he said was, "Now we're not going to play any of our hits." <laughs> and it went downhill from there. That's hilarious. Uh, now there's a certain like like fence between like completely missing the point of why people are there and. <laughs> And brass balls, and figuring out which side of of that fence that I mean that one was obviously on the missing the point of why people are there. Yeah. But there's like you know some people can get away with that sort of thing. Like this is, I this is what I think the good stuff is, and so that's what I'm going to play. I know you came here to hear the hits, and maybe I'll sprinkle one or two in. I remember there's a, a Zappa live concert where he steps on stage at the beginning and the first thing he says into the microphone is, Hello, good evening. No, we're not going to play cheapness tonight. Aww. Aww. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, we're steering this back towards... <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm grabbing the steering wheel here before we go off for half an hour of Zappa talk. Before? <laughs> All right. I have an idea. You have an idea? Yeah, let's let's do what we came here to do, shall we? Mm. Let's get down to the business. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's cut everything before this out. Yep. I did already. We've cut out half an hour of material. <laughs> we should just open by saying, yeah, we cut out the first three hours. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, I, I really do believe that 
with any artistic enterprise. Most of what you produce of it is shit, and so you should cut around that and just leave the solid gold. And that, that's what we do here every week. Yeah, fuck it. We're leaving all this in. Anyway. No, no, note, note that we only release podcasts every other week. Oh. I totally slipped it under my radar. Things are funnier when you explain them. Believe me, I know. I'm a comedian. So explain your idea. Okay. So, nostalgia is a goddamn gold mine. Of course. And if you can successfully bring back something from the past, mm-hmm. you stand to just make a mint. Mm-hmm. I think that there and and obviously people need to eat. Right? Th- those are two seemingly unconnected statements, but I trust that you'll merge them together. People need to eat. Yes. And people are going to eat at restaurants and fast food has become somewhat unfashionable. Mhm. Mhm. Why don't we bring back the automat? Now, I'm older than I look, but I'm younger than you would imagine. So explain to me what the Automat is. The Automat is an automated restaurant that used to exist in, especially cities, in in the earlier parts of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. So like you would, uh, basically like a restaurant that is also a vending machine. Exactly. Okay. But here's the thing. Back in those days, they had to like actually have people back there to cook stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. And to mop the floors. And, you know, they had still had to employ. It wasn't a fully automated A labor operation. force. Yeah. But this is 20 goddamn 14. Mm-hmm. I think we can get away without, with virtually no labor force. So a fully automated automat. A fully automated automat. I think okay. that, I think yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good idea. I think that you know we, we the restaurant industry is a dangerous one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't remember the statistic. It's something like only ten percent of restaurants survive their first year after opening. Yeah, yeah. Um, one way that we can, because the automat idea is going to draw some people in, but one way that we can really sort of boost our chances of survival, considering the fact that we have no workforce, is um, we have to make this sort of a happening. And the the idea that I've got in my head is, you know, in certain major cities you get pop-up restaurants, and people are like, oh shit, we don't know where the restaurant's going to be. And then the restaurant appears somewhere, and people are like, oh, we got to go, because it wasn't there before, and maybe the food is magic. Okay. Um, the whole purpose of the pop-up restaurant is to be trendy and unpredictable. So I think that rather than sell um, the automat restaurant simply on the principle of it's an automatic restaurant, we have to sell it as it is a particular type of automatic restaurant, a type of restaurant run by robots. Yes, I, I like that. that. That is pretty much what I, I wanted. Um, so basically, my model has... Only one full-time employee. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what he does yet, because okay. he or she, excuse f- me. Fluffer? Hmm. Mm. Just you wait. Okay. Okay, so, I mean, you have 
I mean, you have to have delivery drivers to to deliver the food and stock it mm-hmm. uh, to an extent, and then but the machines can we can develop machine. I mean, we got hey, we got our guys out at uh, mm-hmm. out at our Southwest uh, headquarters. Yeah, yeah, our, our uh, research facility. Yes, he can. He can. Um, he can build us the machines we need to mm-hmm. cook the food, to prepare the food, to serve the food. He will if he ever wants to see his family again. And yeah, and. We don't need janitorial staff because uh, Roomba. Yep. So we just have a fleet of Roombas. <laughs> yes, go on. Okay. And I'm not really worried about stealing because we can install some pretty high-end surveillance equipment mm-hmm. that can automatically detect if somebody is not paying for their food. Yep. By surveillance equipment, you mean automated turrets, right? No turrets. No. Let me wait. Just wait. Okay. So the surveillance equipment, in the event that it detects someone stealing food and trying to leave, the the restaurant will immediately be uh, locked down. Ooh. And the bear will be released. Mm. So when you say one employee, what you really mean is a bear. <laughs> No, there's a human employee. Somebody has to take care of the bear. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I was worried for a second because I don't. Uh, I don't, we really don't need know to pay the bear. I don't know what the tax situation is with bears. Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you withhold for a bear? What's the cost of bear health insurance? I can't afford the honey. It bumps me up to a higher tax bracket. <laughs> so do we? Um, okay. Oh God. So our. Our startup costs are a location, a fleet of semi-advanced robot workers, uh, whatever we need for the food, one employee, and a bear. Yep. Okay. Uh, So would we serve, like, curries? We can serve anything we want at curries. Mm -hmm. We can... uh, We could do a robo-stir-fry. Yeah, robo-stir-fry. That's good. Um, I think that if we want to sort of expand the possibilities of this, and this is what I'm thinking about making this destination cooking, I really think that we do need to emphasize, you know, okay, so it's a restaurant, you go in, you order something, you get it, whatever. I I would prefer to follow the tried and true um, sort of restaurant genre model rather than having a one-size-fits-all restaurant. And I think that would help us really tailor our service offerings to the community in which we drop our, uh, you know, robot-run uh, food service processing facility. So we have one that specializes entirely in curries, one that specializes entirely in Asian food, one that okay. specializes entirely in you know, British pub fare. Uh, and we could even tailor the robots' personalities to reflect our poorly conceived stereotypes of what each of these cultures are. Ooh. The, uh, Nick, we've both established we're big thinkers here. We're not content to just limiting ourselves to what has already been done. I think what we really need to do here is if we're going to be inventing, uh, ethnicities for these robots, we need to start off by inventing some ethnicities. Oh, because hear me out. Um, We've pushed ethnic food about as far as it can go 
in the U.S. Because we've run, we've run out of ethnicities to we, have ethnic food. We can come up with new ethnicities and serve their food. Well, see, it, it gets even worse, though, because we've run out of ethnicities, and we've run out of ethnic fusion restaurants. Because now, you like, okay, congratulations, you, you can have your Korean-Mexican burrito. Have we gotten into metafusion yet, where we fuse two fusions together? I, I would imagine it's been done probably in San Mateo. Okay. What I'm thinking is we need to start inventing some new countries. Mm. We need to start inventing new countries from which to birth new and exciting styles of food. So, you still got the number of that uh, Interior Department official that we uh, we blackmailed? I'm sure I have it somewhere. I I, I kind of got lost in the shuffle of... Uh, of uh, business cards for bear trainers but i think i think it's time to start uh start securing some land in the american southwest mm. congratulations you oh you thought you were in new mexico wrong you're in new mexico stan no <laughs> where the bear farmers roam free <laughs> bear ranches exact bear ranches it's uh, uh, that's it. That that's the food of New Mexico stand. It's bear burritos. Mm. A lot of fat. Burrito. Burritos. A lot of fat on those bears. A lot of fat on those bears. Yep, that just tasty. makes the meat more succulent. Bear bellies. I've got I've got a feeling about <laughs> bear bellies today. <laughs> so that's it. We uh we set up countries where we raise um exotic animals. Or domestic animals, just some kind of animal. Okay. Um, and, you know, plants. Um, we form them into particular, quote-unquote, pseudo-ethnic cuisines. Um, so you can have your, you know, goat and arugula wrap, um, which is, of course, the uh, the national cuisine of New Utah, Stan. Oh, New Utah stand. You're just yep. going to put stand at the end of every state in the union. Uh, some of them. Some of them I will suffix with. Uh, no, it's all going to be stands. <laughs> New California stand. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we serve those foods at our various ethnically themed restaurants, which are run entirely by robots. Exactly. That's a good plan. And, um, yeah. I feel like we could have one country that focuses mostly in 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 gummy based foods. Mm. New gummy stand. New gu- God damn it! <laughs> Papa new gummy stand. <laughs> Papa new gummy. Papa new gummy. <laughs> Where the gummy bears grow on the gummy trees. Uh, the gummy bear ranches. No, no, that's uh, like in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Where the fuck did he get those gummy trees from? He got them from Papa he New Gummy. imported from Papa New Gummy. Papa New Gummy. So we, we set up Papa New Gummy. We harvest the gummy fruits. We, mm. uh, we slaughter the gummy bears. And the Good. gummy cows. <laughs> we make our clothes out of gummy bear hides. Exactly. We use every part of the gummy bear. (laughs) (laughs) 
and and people will pay for that shit because even in a uh, a questionably ethnic robot operated restaurant with security provided entirely by large bears people will still pay for farm to table gummy bears <laughs> Where did this gummy bear come from? Is this gummy bear locally sourced? (laughs) Yeah, locally sourced gummy bears. We could start selling gummy trees to local communities so that they could answer yes to that question. Exactly. That's how you get uh, locally sourced coconuts in Montana. Hmm. 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 I like it. Yeah, and and I, what I really like about it is it is, um, it is unquestionably fulfilling a market need, and almost certainly exploiting someone. I'm not sure who, but someone's getting the wrong end of this this gummy stick. Plus, I think it's pure profit. There's no labor, mm-hmm. which. I think that's one of the struggles of our economy right now is everybody's so focused about jobs, and so every effort is going in the direction mm-hmm. of creating jobs. Yeah. Well, and and H- where the real profit is is in the direction of not creating jobs. Well, if we think about it from a uh, sort of a fixed cost versus variable cost perspective, you know, the marginal cost of opening and... Sorry. I got I I had a, woke up in econ class. Yeah. You don't even want to understand how we're going to make money off these robots, do you? We pay people to understand that shit for us, Stefan. Come on. Mm. Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick. If you don't understand fixed cost versus variable cost, how are you ever going to run a robot restaurant? Because I'm in the ideas business. Hmm. Not in the sense-making business. I'm just a simple country lawyer. (laughs) I don't understand topics like big city words such as due process or money multiplier, circumstantial evidence. (laughs) I just know justice, and justice says you got to hang this fellow by his neck until he is dead. (laughs) Has there ever been a movie... Where the simple country lawyer was, in fact, trying to get the defendant killed. Hmm. I've always seen the simple country lawyer as a benevolent figure. Yeah. You're, uh... Hmm. You're you're Jimmy Stewart type. Yeah. I'm just a simple country lawyer. (laughs) See, that, that gets me thinking, though. Okay. You know, when I read an article not too long ago about sort of the state of Hollywood and the state of the film industry in general. And the the basic idea is, you know, the 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 great studios that we think of um are really at this point just marketing machines. They don't even make movies anymore. Like mm-hmm. other studios make they've outsourced the movie making part of the movie making business. And then they just market them and, and handle the release. What so... this what this says to me is that there is absolutely no desire to actually make movies on behalf of the studio system, and yet somehow movies continue to be made every day. 
I think that we could get in real good with these studio types if we could do away with that pesky aspect of movie making that is called movie making. And here's what I got in mind. Okay. There have been literally thousands of movies made. Literally. Literally thousands of movies made at this point. And, you know, some are in the public domain, some are not. But there is a huge supply of movies. But every movie is made up of component parts. It's made up of actors. It's made up of directors. It's made up of individual lines, individual shots, musical cues, you know, any, any number of components. I think that there is a potential way to make some money off of this simple yet somehow unrealized notion. And the way we do this is we start the Cinematic Genome Project. The Cinematic Genome Project is a very complicated algorithm that we can have someone write that will analyze every piece of every movie ever made and understand what that piece actually is. Then, from that sophisticated algorithm and database, we build a very simple form where a Hollywood executive steps up and says, one hour and 45 minutes, dramatic comedy, starring actor X with this Hans Zimmer musical score. And our algorithm assembles the movie from the component parts of every movie ever made. Mm. A true assembly line filmmaking process. Mashup yeah. cinema, man. Mashup cinema. Plus, like you know, if if people don't like it, there's always the bear. <laughs> I think your your heart is still set on finding ways to use all these bears we've been growing. What? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know what they say? Everyone loves a bear. No one says that. <laughs> Not even in New Mexico, Stan. Okay, so you, you don't like the cinematic genome project idea. Here's my no, second. No, I do like it. No, I like it. No, no. Like here's it. here's my other idea. Uh, it's uh, cockfights, but with chinchillas instead of chickens. Mm. Put that mm. in your pipe and smoke it. Are are chinchillas particularly uh, violent animals? <laughs> Depends on what you've done to them. <laughs> These chinchillas are trained to kill. Yeah. Chinchillas. More like kill chillas. Kill chillas, yeah. <laughs> um, um, going back to that, I, I, you talking about the movies okay. gave me another idea. Okay. I mean, look, Hollywood budgets are hugely inflated. Oh, yeah. They're like uh, hit points in RPGs. And there's so many people working on movies and there's so many unions controlling all of those different jobs Mm -hmm. what we need to do is come up with a job that doesn't actually need to be done for movies but seems like it needs to be done Mm. and start that union okay at the same time developing technology that can do that same job and eliminate the need for the workforce. 
we are going to be creating and destroying jobs so, and cleaning up on both ends of it. What you're proposing is um, ultimately the creation of a union to do a job that doesn't exist. A union that has no members because we have eliminated. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we will we will once once movie studios think they need this job done, they'll start hiring people to do this job, mm-hmm. and then we'll have members, dues paying members. That guess where that money's going. But we no no the way you phrased this, we have to destroy those jobs. Then so are we are we destroying the jobs after they've been created? Yes. Okay. And we're replacing them with robots. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where does the bear come in? <laughs> the bear comes in when the workers strike for higher wages and to protest the machines. The bear comes in to chase the unions away from oh, the picket lines. Oh, uh, there are uh, our, skull ba- our skull bashers. Yeah. That's good. That's, oh God. Nothing, nothing, nothing scares the shit out of a union like Bear Pinkertons. Unions hate bears. <laughs> God, I don't even. I'm looking down at my notes, and at one point I wrote a word that isn't a word. I wrote intven. I n t v e n. I don't know what that means. I think you want to invent, but in a whole new way. Oh. That's good. I could probably name a uh, a social media startup that. <laughs> um, okay, so we w- we have to let me try to understand this scheme. So we invent a position for a job that doesn't need to be done. We create a union to monopolize that workforce and draw wages from them. Through the strength of that union, we convince studio bosses to start hiring for that position. And when they do, we obviate the need for those jobs by replacing those people with robots. And selling those robots to the movie studios. Okay, and um, that uh, that's good because then the studio bosses are going to be looking for a way to get around collective bargaining. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to deal with this union. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. That's uh, that's supervillain thinking. And if if uh, we have trouble getting the studio heads of the table to bargain, mm-hmm. bears. bears. Yeah. <laughs> so if we if we go about it that way, then um, oh no, I think this ties into uh, into the idea really well, because once we get our cinematic genome project off the ground, the job to be done is going to be just movie maker. You're the person who punches in those parameters and then the movie's made. That's the job to be done. And really, if you've got a smart enough robot, that's a job that a robot can do. Exactly. I see how this all ties together. It, it, that, that works really well. So first, research the cinematic genome. Second, create a union to do the job that we have just invented. Yes. In order to incentivize studio heads not to negotiate with them. Third, sell robots to the studio heads to do the job and obviate the need for the union. Mm-hmm. And fourth, 
Prop. Bears. Oh. <laughs> I thought we were on the same page there. We would be doing much better if you didn't insist on getting paid in bears. Way of the future. Yep. I'll accept cubs. <laughs> you would be a bitch to collective bargain with. <laughs> Oh god. Four more bears. <laughs> I will not rest until I have my bear president. <laughs> oh god. Like Bruce Valanche? <laughs> oh, that one's getting that's getting cut out. <laughs> I don't want to offend Bruce Valanche's constituency. Yeah, that guy'd be so pissed at you. He is. He is. Um, I I do have one more idea. Okay. That, um, at least in its original conception, had nothing to do with bears or robots, but we might be able to work in it. Um. You know what a a really underexploited vertical is. Calendars. Calendars? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say bear insurance, but sure. Calendars. And it's not that people don't sell calendars. I mean, people have, you know, continue to sell calendars day in and day out, but... I mean, who? How do how do kids play soccer without uh, suggestive photos of cal- on calendars of their mothers exactly. being sold? Exactly. Um, but here's the thing: we in the Western world have been on this Gregorian calendar for some time now, and that's basically like having a brand new MacBook Pro and running System Four on it. It's like running Windows 3.1 on your Alienware PC. Hang on, let me... I get it. Ah! <laughs> um, we need to change the basic, the underlying operating system of the calendar. We need to come up not with new calendars, but with a new system of calendar. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about the Gregorian calendar, so I'm not wedded to it. I think what we need, though, is we need something to base our calendar sistering on. You know, that you have a lunar calendar. You have a whatever-the-hell-a-Gregorian calendar is based on calendar. Yeah, we're not fucking farmers anymore. We don't need to base our calendars on the goddamn moon. Exactly. So, question number one as we are building our new disruptive calendar. What are we based on? What do we link it to? Because mm. I feel like it needs to be something that is simultaneously perfectly intuitive and perfectly opaque. Because okay. you, say, you say lunar calendar, and all you know about that is it's connected to the moon. Oh yeah, it's that moon calendar. What the hell yeah. does that mean? We don't live on the moon. We don't. Yeah, we're not moon men. <laughs> so um, what, what do we link our calendar to? We link our calendar to 
I don't know. Do you have any ideas? He, just, he seems to be, uh, be turning a lot of wheels in your mind. I don't, I don't have anything right off the top of my head. What, what have you got? Well, I think um, we could link it to one of three things. We could link it to the semi-annual release of the McRib. We could link it to the migratory patterns of Canadian birds. Okay. Or we could link it, uh, if we want to really appeal to the Canadian market, to the NHL playoffs. Okay. You... Um... That those are good ideas, but mm-hmm. it seems like those are scheduled based on lunar calendars already, mm-hmm. or or affected by the same forces as the lunar calendar. Oh, uh, you're you're saying I'm not thinking outside of the box? Yeah, I'm, I'm or bound. At least not I'm bound. The penalty box. I'm bounded by my Gregorian Canadian thinking. Yeah. A. Did you just belch and then say A? Is the, is the belch the Gregorian part? <laughs> that's the, tra- that's the uh, traditional Canadian form of greeting. You belch mm. and then you say A. Mm. A- among Canadian monks, that is. Among Canadian. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that's a fair point. Uh, we, we don't want to be dependent on the old calendar. Yeah, we don't want uh, to make uh, Brother Doug upset. <laughs> Brother Doug. <laughs> <laughs> it was spilled a Molson on my Bible, eh? <laughs> uh, um, okay, that's fair. Um, what else? Could, what could we link to, though? It would have to be something. Um, something that does not have ties to the current uh, current calendar year. That that's true. Uh, it'd have to. Be something because it's, it's all the stuff that we kind of schedule ourselves around is based on the calendar. Oh, you, I got you got a look on your face like I you got, got something. I got it. We link it to a random date generator, we link it to a computer program that will randomly generate what day it is, picking from, let's say, between. One and eight hundred seventy-two. T- today it's day two hundred and forty-three. Up oh, tomorrow it's day six hundred and eighty-seven. And the reason that's going to be brilliant is because every fucking day you got to buy a new calendar. <laughs> <laughs> We're generating- yet, people aren't going to want to buy a new calendar every day, yeah. but you know how you can get them. Hell, hey. It ain't free to subscribe to the calendar. <laughs> this calendar's not just for anyone. You want you want in on the calendar. Yep. Get you got a pony up. Pony up. That's exactly right. So we sell calendar subscriptions to our new randomly generated days. For nine ninety nine per glob. <laughs> per glob. Or which, which or, is the uh, whatever amount of time the machine tells us it is. It just yeah. it, it may be it may be you know forty five seconds from now. It may be three years from now. It's just all of a sudden ten bucks is going out of your n- bank n- account n- at nine, random intervals. Nine ninety nine per glob, or ninety nine dollars for a whole goblet, Yolan. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> think of the savings. Exactly. 
group of savings could be enormous, depending on how the random number generator plays out. Exactly. And if you don't pony up... Exactly. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone's going to be... Everyone will pony up because imagine how embarrassing it'll be when you know you walk into work on Blorg's day and your boss looks you in the eye and says you were supposed to be here at Blorg thirty, sir. It is Blorg thirty. It's Blorg thirty by the old calendar, <laughs> and you don't want to show up at at a fancy dinner party in Yester Thron's fashions. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. Uh, I think this is a great idea because social <laughs> pressure is going to do most of the work for us. Social you pressure plus mass confusion. Equals... You can't wear white after zip zop. <laughs> you can't wear white after zip zop. Oh my god. I mean, if, if we can just control the system of calendaring, just think of what we can build off of that. Because there's going to be so much social confusion. We could, se- we could sell day insurance. Like, oh, you missed your meeting because you didn't have the calendar right. Ah, it's okay. We, we, we'll spot you if you make your monthly payments. If you make your gobbly payments. Yeah. <laughs> your premium is, um, is going to be, uh, you know... If- <laughs> I think it's we should also. I think we should also. Um, if, if we're going to go that far, I do think we should keep time zones. I just think there should be more of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a lot more. Like, <laughs> no, like, like you're you're tra- you're traveling from uh, from Charlotte to Atlanta. To, oh, uh, and those to time zones are not going to um, necessarily be uh, make the type of sense that our time zones now <laughs> oh, do. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> it's not going to be, oh, the next time zone over is one zop forward. Yeah. It's, it's going to... So the next one is going to be four zops forward, then eight zops backward. And then the one after not that one... Three million five hundred and two five hundred thousand two hundred and forty seven zooms. And I I think so. Here's my complaint with the way time zones have been structured. We've been structuring them purely on the basis of longitude. I think we got it's time to bring longitude's big brother into the mix. It's time to start doing this on latitude as well. Yes, it's gonna be. A, a grid-based system, a, a a time cage, if you will. And if you are not moving from grid to grid when you're supposed to, that grid has just become a bear zone. Release the bears. Release the bears. And having a grid pattern, mm-hmm. we can control the direction that people move. Mm-hmm. Depending on their occupation. Yeah. Like, you know, if you are a church official, Mm -hmm. you can only move diagonally. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we just want to stress again, 
the only way to keep your uh, keep yourself straight in this brave new world is uh, to subscribe to the new calendar nine ninety nine per glob. I really love this. I, I love it because uh, no one's going to know what's happening around them or where or who they are at any given point in time. But uh, they're, they're just going to keep forking over money. It's like Vegas, man. <laughs> <sighs> so that's good. I feel like uh, we solved America's uh, dining crisis. We saved the film industry. And um, we uh, we disrupted the calendar vertical. I'd say that's that's uh, yeah that's mm-hmm. um, all in a zop's work. All in a zop's work. <laughs> uh, what about bears? <laughs> <sighs> and we pissed off Bruce Valanche. One one more thing, Um, because we've been kind of beating around the bush on this. What kind of bears? Uh, that's part of the surprise. It could be a grizzly. It could could be be a a koala. Could could be a koala. Yeah. Huh. Release the koalas. <laughs> <laughs> you will fall under a stampede of cute. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Weren't you going to guide us back onto the rails at some point? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> oh. I understand, Ben. <laughs>